what I'd like to do is continue. Amen. This morning, I start talking about uh, why, what our teaching is about. Why Paul preached the gospel of Christ. Why Paul preached Christ crucified. Why did he do that? He just said he preached Christ, but he preached him crucified. Let's go to Romans 16, 25. We're going to find that out. Why did he preach Christ crucified? We have to know that the apostle Paul preached the revelation of the mystery. Say, Paul, Paul preached preach. the revelation of the mystery. All right. Say, G, say, say Peter, James, and John preached the mystery. All right. Now, both are preaching Jesus Christ, but Paul is preaching the revelation of the mystery. Now, what do that mean? The revelation of the mystery means Christ has been revealed. The, the mystery means they don't know who Christ is. Through his whole ministry, he only revealed himself to three men. Peter, James, and John. And the last time, and when he revealed himself to Peter and James and John, he said, tell no man that I'm the Christ. Why? Because he had not been revealed yet. He only was being revealed to them because he wanted his own disciples to know who he was. So what I want to do today is I want to teach on why Paul preached Christ. Crucified. When Paul preached Christ crucified, now he's preaching what God has done. When Paul preached Jesus Christ, well not Paul, when Peter preached what well he did also when he first started his ministry, but it was preaching who Jesus is. That's why Matthew 16, 13, he said, I am the Christ. Tell no man I'm the Christ. All the way through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because that's how they were saved. They were saved by seeing and believing. You're not saved by seeing. That's not your covenant. You're saved by believing. Now, that was 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2, verse 1 through 5. Now let's get into some things uh, that we talked about this morning. Did I give you anything else before I go anywhere? Did I give you any scriptures before I go anywhere? Romans 16, 25. I do that to see, are you listening to me? I only gave you one scripture, that's Romans 16, 25. I said, we go there next. What I'll be doing is tuning your ears. Get your, you know how you put a radio on? Some of y'all remember some of the old radios, radios we had. They had to be tuned in. You know, you, you can put them on, but they weren't quite on the station. You had to play with them a little bit, get them. Tell me what they're talking about. <clears throat> That's what I'm looking at in your life. Maybe you're not tuned in. I got to get you tuned. All right. So in the gospel, uh, Romans chapter 16. Let's go on. Romans chapter number 16. We won't look at verse 25. Romans chapter 16 and verse number 25. Now... This is what Paul preached. Now the him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. Now Paul said, my gospel can establish you. 
and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. So he said, I preach Jesus Christ, but I preach him according to the revelation of the mystery. The revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. So other people did not get the revelation. That's why God gave it to the Apostle Paul. So what I want to do now, I want to take you into something we talked about this morning. And I want to make, I want to make sure that you understand. Let's go to Galatia, uh, chapter number 1, verse 11 through 16. Galatia, chapter 1. In the book of Galatia, chapter 1, until Christ is revealed in you, you don't have the revelation. Re- uh, this is Galatia 1.11. Galatia 1.11 through 16. Let me say it again. Until Christ has been revealed in you, you can't preach the gospel of Christ. You preach from the revelation. God shows you the revelation as you go along as you preach in him. He reveals you just like give us day by day our daily bread. So Galatians chapter 1 verse 11, I certify you brothers, Paul is talking, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. I neither received it. Now he's telling you how he got it. I received it. But I didn't receive it from man and I was taught it. I wasn't taught it by man. But I was taught it by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, what is he talking about? He was taught the gospel by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's talking about the Holy Spirit that's in him now. The Holy Spirit is teaching him as he's revealing to him Jesus Christ. So in verse number 12, I neither received it, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, that is how he got the gospel. He was taught it. Now, Let's keep reading because I want to read verse number 16. Let's, let's keep reading. Verse number 13 says, For you heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, because he let him know I used to be in a religion. How that, beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God. This is what's, how I used to live. I persecuted the church of God. Then he says in verse number, and I wasted it. Well, then he went to the next part. He says, and I profited in the Jews' religion above many my equal, my own nation. I was exceedingly zealous for the tradition of my fathers. So we know that was the law. Then he says, but when it pleased God, number one, who separated me from Israel. I was separated from religion. I was separated from my mother's womb. See? And he called me, first he separated me, then he called me by his grace. Remember, that's how he called, and we all called into the grace of God. That was Galatians chapter 1, verse number uh, 6 that told us that. He called us all into the grace of Christ. So he called me by his grace, but here he said he called me by his grace. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit, we're going to show you that. And then it says, why he called him? To reveal his son in me. Now, he's going to tell you, once God revealed his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. So Paul couldn't preach him 
until God revealed his son in him. And immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. So he's telling you what happened and how he got to the revelation, how he got to be ministering the revelation of Jesus Christ. So I want to, I want to take that and I want, to, I want to, let's go to Zechariah 4. Because I want to show you something. You want to write down the spirit of Christ. You want to write down the spirit of glory. You want to write down the spirit of grace. And you want to write down the spirit of truth. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you this because I'm going to show you why it's so important to understand the scripture. So many times we want to do something for God and don't realize that's not how it works in Christ. God want to do something for you. See, if, if, we, if, we, if we get in the business of doing something for God and not let God do something for us, it would kill us. It would destroy us. And many people have fallen into that. They were trying to do something for God. You got to let God do something for you first. So let me show you that. So I'm, I'm doing those things because I'm going to go to them. Uh, is there anything out there right now? Zechariah 4.7. Uh, let's do Zechariah 4.7. I want to show you in Zechariah 4.7. Uh, I'm not going to go through this like I did this morning. I spent a lot of time on this night. Uh, I really didn't get my. I'm not going to do Zechariah 4.7. I'm going to do Zechariah. I'm going to do Malachi 4, 5, and 6. Let me see. Maybe I can do, yeah, Zechariah 4, 7. Let me get that out of the way now. Just one verse. Who art thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Thou shalt become a plain. He shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouting. This is how he's going to bring it forth, with shouting. Crying two times, grace, grace. Say it with me. Grace, grace. Come on, say it with me. Grace, grace. So we're going we're gonna to see uh, what he was crying, grace, grace. He's telling you how he's going to get it done. He's going to bring forth the headstone thereof, crying, grace, grace. So let's see what he's talking about. Let's go all the way over to Zechariah 12.10. In Zechariah 12.10, he's going to give us a little more of what he was talking about. Now, I'm not reading verse 7 and 8 because he said he's going to save Jerusalem and he's going to save Judah. That's verse 7 and verse 8. And then he's going to destroy all the other nations that come against Israel. Come against Jerusalem, I'm sorry. Uh, and in verse, now why are they going to come against him? Because of the temple. So you ought to know it's not you because we don't have no temple our day. But that's another word. So in verse number 10 says, and I will. Now, we, now we'll now we take this and know he did this 2,000 years ago, but we'll take the rest of it like in our future. See, that's how people do. That's why they don't know. So in verse 10, it says, I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace. Now, when did he do this? Acts chapter number 2. He fulfilled Joel, the prophet, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. So here he said, now we know what spirit that was. Now, I want, I want my wife, I'm going to give her an assignment. 
And I think I said it in the first service, but I didn't get it done. No, I told you I wanted something. Shut up to heaven. Jesus Christ prayed and the heaven opened. That's what I want. All right. Now here it says, I don't want it right now. Just hold on. And I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace. Do everybody see that? All right. So he said, I'm going to pour out upon the house. All right. And they shall in the house of, of the spirit of grace and supplication, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Now, we know that's when he's on the cross, right? I mean, we just know that now, right? We look upon him who he pierced. I only pierced one man aside, right? All right. And they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. All right. So we know that happened. The, the, the spirit of grace happened, came right after Jesus was crucified. We all can see that now, can't we? All right. Now, that's Zechariah. So we see the Spirit shouting, Grace, Grace, two times. So if we go to John chapter 1, well, let me do Malachi first. Well, I better do John 1. All this is connected, so it doesn't matter. John chapter 1. I'm just going to do verse 17. I hope I get further than this today. I, I did this this morning. I didn't get, get further. But I got I to get there. So in the Gospel of John, chapter number 1, in verse 17, we're going to see why he says grace, grace twice. Because it's revealed in the New Covenant. You have always three times to see things before you have the revelation. So here in, in, in John chapter 1 and verse 17, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Said so the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Say that one more time. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now how many know what grace is for? So I gave it that this morning. You want to, that verse right there said grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So what I'm going to show you is what does it mean when grace and truth came by Jesus Christ? Two things came by Jesus Christ. Grace did and truth did. What was the purpose? Let me show you 1 Corinthians 15. You can put some in John and come right back. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10 told you what the purpose of the grace. Paul already told him in, in verse number uh, 9 and 10 that he persecuted the church. I persecuted the church of God. But then in verse number 10 he said, but by the grace of God. Now, I want you to put down the word, the grace of God. Because the grace of God... It's the spirit of grace and the spirit of truth. The grace of God is really Christ himself. But you want to put down the spirit of grace and the spirit of truth. Both of those are, has to do with Christ. You're the body of Christ, so you got to know this. So the spirit of grace is on you. Let me just give you that while I'm here. The spirit of grace is always where? On you, and he on you for service. So I'm showing you what people don't understand. I started talking about this morning. 
People want to serve him, but we don't want to get the spirit of grace on us. Until the spirit of grace come on me, I'm really not qualified. I'm like a runner running a race to, to do what I'm doing. Because I don't have the spirit of grace in my life. The spirit of grace is a spirit, really it's a spirit of forgiveness. But it's also, we know he has forgiven us in Christ. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about to serve. It's the spirit of holiness, spirit of grace. It's the spirit that propels me to serve. See, what happens in the church is we want to do something for God, but we don't want to, help, we don't want to do what we need to do to get ourselves prepared to serve. And we want God to accept our offering. Now, remember, you the sacrifice. Romans 12, 1, so I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present your body. A living sacrifice. Holy, that's number one. Holy. See, holy, holiness is the spirit of Christ or the spirit of grace has sanctified you. See, you, you just can't walk in the church and just do something. The spirit of Christ ain't sanctified you. You haven't been in the presence of the Lord. Haven't prayed. See, that's what I was talking about this morning. See, I'm a pastor. I spent all day here on Saturday. And why do I do that, Pastor? I don't have to. But I need to. Because I want the Spirit of God in my life. I want the anointing upon my life. I want God to be pleased with, with my sacrifice. I just don't want to just give him something. And what I end up giving him is flesh if I did not spend the time before the Lord. I can't give him spiritual things. So what I have to do, that's why I come in here on a Sunday morning. Early. Over 25 to 30 years I've been doing this. Because I want to prepare myself so when I come in here, I'm ready to minister. But now I have the spirit of grace on my life. I want somebody to find me that's sanctified by the Holy Ghost. And so that's what the Holy Ghost does on you is sanctify you. See, Jesus did it with his own disciples when you read John chapter 15. He said, I have cleansed you with my word. He said, now you are clean through the word which I've spoken to you. So you have to understand, when you're going to do something for God, you got to spend some time with God. So the spirit of God can be on your life so God can accept your sacrifice of service. Romans chapter 15, verse 16. Okay, but I'm just saying, I want to make sure that, that I'm not before myself here. That's why I say, hold on. Okay, let's go to Romans 15, 16 and show you one verse. Romans 15, 16. Romans 15, 16. See, you got to mark your Bible. You won't make that mistake no more. 
Every time I read something, I'm marked that's why if I ever read that again, I know that go with that. Okay, so I'm going to start reading verse 13. So you mark your Bible. See, I got, that's my wife. I gave her the same Bible I got. And I bet she ain't got the same Bible I got right there. Praise God. <laughs> okay, let's go. All right. See, me and my wife steady together, okay. Romans chapter number 15, verse 13. Let's back there. He says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy. Now he's talking about so you can serve. See, you can't, you can't, you can't minister to me in the joy of the Lord if you don't have this yourself. And if you, if you haven't spent that time with the Lord, then the joy of the Lord is not flowing in your life. You can have something, but until you get in the presence of the Lord, it cannot manifest. Everything happened by the Holy Spirit. I want you to find another verse, my, my wife. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's in Zechariah. Zechariah 4.6. All right. Okay, just put under what I already gave you. So you cannot, in the church, everything is done by the Spirit. So if you can minister to the Spirit, you can minister to the people. See, the, otherwise, the Spirit got to minister to you before you can minister to the people. Do everybody understand how that works? All right. Now, Romans chapter 15, verse 16, but I'm reading down to that. So verse 13 says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. How does he do it? He does it in believing. How does he do it? In believing. So he fills us with peace and joy in believing that you may abound. Now abound means the same word abundant. Abound means the spirit of God on you will be greater than your situation. See, grace abounds. That's why Romans 5, 15, Romans 5, 18, 19, and 20. Where sin abound, grace did much more abound. So what God does, he put grace on you that's greater than what you, who you are, what you're going through. That's what the grace does. The grace is like, it's, it's, such, it's, it's just keep going until it's smother or smother or overcover anything in your own life. So you're able to do the thing uh, that you can do. All right. Let's move on. We're in verse number... 13 again. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound. That you may abound. That you may abound. Abound in what? In hope. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. How are you going to abound in hope? How am I going to abound in hope? How am I going to abound in hope? I'm going to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse number 14. I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness. Now all this has to happen when you talk about ministry and serving. So the next thing he wants you to do is be full of goodness. 
filled with all knowledge. All this, go, this is what you have to, I have to go through just to minister. Filled with all knowledge. Able to admonish one another. See, if I don't prepare myself, I'm not able to admonish nobody. Nevertheless, brothers, I have written more bold unto you of some sort and put you in mind. Because the grace that is given to me is of God. What was given to Paul? Grace, grace was given me. So why was God giving Paul the grace? Why was God giving Paul the grace? For service. Romans chapter number 15. I myself also am persuaded of you, my brother, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brothers, I have written more boldly to you in some sort, putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to you Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles, the offering, God called you an offering? You're a living sacrifice. When you do something for God, you are offering him your, your, your sacrifice, which is you. Have you done what you're supposed to do to the sacrifice? Watch what it tell you. Offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. If you're going to offer your life up to God, it must be what? Sanctified by the Holy Ghost. The sanctification of the Holy Ghost is God's grace on your life. And you get the spirit of grace on you. When you get the spirit of grace on you, you spend some time in the presence of the Lord. Now let's go back to John 1.17. I gave you that one verse. It said grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. I'm not going by there. I've got to go back to Malachi because I've got to finish something. In the book of Malachi, when, 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 when Jesus and John the Baptist came, what was it a fulfillment of? Let's go back and look at it. In the book of Malachi, chapter 4 and verse 5. When Jesus came, why John came before Jesus? And when John came before Jesus, why? Who was John and who was Jesus? And you got to know who they were. See, you got to understand, when Jesus came, he came to fulfill. John, everybody came during Jesus' ministry was a fulfillment of the Old Testament. So you have to be able to know the Old Testament to know who they were. Malachi 4 and verse 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah. People today are still waiting for Elijah to come because they don't know the word. That's why they don't know the day of the Lord already came. That's why they don't know Jesus Christ already came. Because they don't know the Bible. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. When is he going to come? Before the coming of the grateful day of the Lord come. That's what everybody waiting for. They're waiting on the Lord to come. 
and he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. He's going to turn the hearts of the children to their fathers. Lest I will come to smite the earth with a curse. What curse? The curse of Deuteronomy 28. So you have Deuteronomy chapter 28, which are the blessings. But there's one. Let me show you one. Let's go back to Deuteronomy 28. So when you read Deuteronomy 27, you'll find out something. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 11 and 12. Let me show you. Let me show you 11, 12, 13, 14. Let's, let's look at at least three of those. The first three. Now everything they did in Old Covenant was based on service. So Deuteronomy chapter 28, now remember, when you read Deuteronomy 20, 28, is the chapter that they have on the blessings. But the chapter before that was the curses. Now if you don't have that mark in your Bible, you need to mark in your Bible. Deuteronomy 27, you'll see it says the curses. And there were 12 curses in Deuteronomy 27. Cursed be the man, cursed be the man. All the way down to verse 26. 15 to 26, everything is cursed. Then you get in chapter 28, it's nothing but blessings. Get to chapter 28, there's nothing but blessings. But down here, he's going to remind them in verse number 11. That's where we're at. Deuteronomy 28, 11. He says, and the Lord shall make thee plenteous in good, this is the blessings, in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your cattle, in the fruit of your ground, in the land which the Lord swear to your father to give you. The Lord shall open to you his good treasure. Now watch it real good now from here in. He's going to open you his good treasure. Then he's going to tell you what it is, the heaven. To give the rain upon the land. I'm going to open to you my good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain upon the land in his season. And to bless all the works of your hand. So what is the rain to do? It's to bless all the works of your hand. Once the rain comes, the fruit can come. Then he began to bless all the works of your hand. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Now, now that's, that's that. Now, let's go and see this. I gave you two verses already. The spirit of grace. And now I'm getting ready to show you the new covenant, the spirit of truth. So we had this morning, some of these we, we, we done this morning. But let's deal with Elijah. Let's go to Matthew 11, 11. The Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 11 and verse 11. Matthew, chapter 11 and verse 11. Now, Jesus talking to his disciples about John. That's what Matthew, chapter 11. See, I'm not going back to verse 1. Verse 1 says, It came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed sins and teach and preached in their cities. But they asked him a question about John the Baptist. And then in verse 11, he said, Verily I say to you, among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater prophet than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that at least in the kingdom of God, or kingdom of heaven, is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist, now, why is Jesus talking like this about John? How do you know all this about John? From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. 
and the violence taken by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied to John. See, he would let him know the law and the prophets are ended. And if you will receive it, John is Elias. Elias is Elijah. E-L-I-J-A-H. Elijah. Watch this. Which was for the come. Wh- what did he mean, which was for the come? Elijah, only reason Elijah would come if they would not repent. Now we have 400 years from Malachi. Matthew to Ma- Malachi to Matthew. So now here comes John the Baptist preaching in the, in the wilderness saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why is he doing this? Because the people would never repent. So here come Elijah. What did he come to do? We're going to show you that. If you know what happened in the days of Elijah, let's, let's show you what Elijah did in chapter 17 of 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 17. If you know what Elijah did, you know what he came to do. 1 Kings chapter 17. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel living before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now let's go to James. So let's see what James had to say about it. Let's go to James 5. And let's look at verse 17. See, James is going to give us a time. The New Testament gave us a time. John chapter, James, I'm sorry, after Hebrews. James chapter 5. Told us how long. James chapter 5. And verse 17. He's going to tell you that same name, Elias. Now, we know that's Elijah. Elijah was a man subject to passion, like passion as we are, and he prayed. Now, he's telling you how he did it. He prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth. Now, on the earth meant in Israel. You got to finalize that once your life where earth is. It rained not. Now remember, during the days of Noah, it rained 40 days and 40 nights. Where? On the land of Israel. That's where the flood was, not America. It rained not upon the earth by the space of three years and six months. It didn't rain upon the earth for three years and six months. Say it. It did not rain upon the earth for three years and six months. How long was Jesus' ministry? Three and a half years. Now, when I read to you what happened with Elijah, Elijah shut up heaven. And then reigned in his ministry for three and a half years. And the Bible said, and he prayed again in verse 18. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. The heavens were shut up. Because he had prayed. But then he prayed again. 
after three and a half years, and then the heaven gave forth his fruit. So it's an awesome thing. So when John the Baptist came on the scene, he was Elijah. Now I'm going to get the scripture you have now in Mark, I think he says. I just want the one where it says, Jesus prayed in heaven, oh, that's all I need. Okay, Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. The Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 3 and verse 21. Why is this so important? Because it lets me know if Jesus prayed in the heavens, gave forth his reign, I need to be concerned because now it gives me something to look at. That that was a famine during the times of Christ. That's why it was so important for him to feed them. And a little boy had, boy, somebody know how many pieces of, a piece of bread he had and how many pieces of fish. If you can get, man, if I had somebody know all that stuff. How many you got, girl? Five loaves of bread. She must be a Sunday school teacher. Five loaves of bread and two fish. Three fish, five loaves of bread. All right. And he fed everybody off their lunch. Is that right? So that was just like it was in the days when they was in Egypt. When they came out of Egypt, I'm sorry. Because that's why he gave them bread, didn't he? Your father didn't eat bread in the wilderness and they are dead. So he's trying to let them know, I'm the same person that fed you bread in the wilderness when you came out of Egypt. I'm the same fulfillment of the prophets who shut up heaven for three and a half years. And I'm also the fulfillment, which is Elisha, who's going to open it. See, heaven was shut up because they wouldn't obey the word. They wouldn't keep the commandments of God. So there was a famine, but it wasn't a famine like they had in Egypt. It's a famine of hearing the word of the Lord. So he can fulfill another prophet named Amos. Hold your finger right there. Let's finish what Sister Crump scripture right here first. What you gave you, Mark 4? I'm going to go to Amos 8. Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. Let me read that first. It says, now when all the people were baptized, when they were all baptized, it came to pass, Jesus prayed. Now because all of them was baptized now, they'd done what God told them. He prayed and the heaven was open. How many see what he's doing here? Why did the heaven close during the days of, of, of Elijah? Once again, I tell you the truth. It's because they didn't obey God. Now you come down in the days of Jesus. John the Baptist told him, if you don't repent, otherwise I will shut up heaven. But what happened was, Judah and Jerusalem came out, and they were all baptized under John the Baptist. So when Jesus came, watch what he did. He prayed. Let me read it again. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open. I'm asking you, did you see the contrast between John the Baptist and Elijah? I'm sorry, Elijah. Elijah, let me go back and read it again, 1 Kings 17, 1. 
First King chapter 17 and verse 1. First King 17, 1. Then I'm going to go to First King 18, 1. Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall be not do nor reign these three years, but according to my word. James said, with three and a half years, he shut up heaven. 18th chapter, verse 1. 1 Kings 18, 1. The word of the Lord is going to come to him. And the Bible said it came to pass. I'm waiting on the scripture on the screen. 1 Kings 18, 1, the next book over. 1 Kings 18, 1. And it came to pass after many days. We know how many days it was, three and a half years. That the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send, I will send rain upon the earth. So I know he wasn't in Pontiac. He was up on the earth, so he was in Israel. I mean, you know, glory to God. Oh, we could just call the earth what it's supposed to be. All right. Now, so in verse number 20 of the same chapter, 1 Kings 18, 20, And Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel. Well, you know what they were now, right? And they gathered the prophets together in Mount Carmel. And that's when they would say, how long will you be between two opinions? I mean, if God is God, follow him. If he's not, let's kill the old prophets. Let's move on. And they got, they killed that day too. All right, now what we have? You probably looking for a scripture for me? I read that already. I'm all caught up. All right, let's go back to Elijah. Let's go back to Matthew chapter number 11, verse 11 through 15. I'm going to start reading where I left off. Matthew chapter 11. He told you that was John the Baptist. So when Jesus Christ came, Jesus Christ was Elijah, the successor of Elijah. Now, why was that so important? Because now I know how Jesus got the Holy Ghost. And I know why John knew he got it. Jesus told John, whoever you see the dove lighting up on, he is the one that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So how did Jesus get the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost came on Jesus. The Bible said came to pass that the Spirit of God said, this is my son in whom I will please. The Spirit of God came up on him. How did he do it? He came off John. And he came on Jesus. When the prophet's ministry was over, which was John the Baptist, the Holy Ghost had to leave him and go to Jesus. So you might get it this way. They asked John about Jesus. He says, uh, the one that cometh after me is greater than I am, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. See, see prophesying. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. When the Holy Ghost left John, John said, Go and ask Jesus, Are you the one that shall come or do we look for another? Now, what happened between that? I am what I am. By the grace of God. When the Holy Ghost left John, he didn't even know who Jesus was. 
He told his own disciples, go ask him, are you the one that should come or do we look for another? Jesus told you in Matthew chapter 11, you go tell John. Let's read it. Matthew 11 and 1. And verse number 4. Jesus answered and said to him, verse number 3 says, he said, are you the one that should come or do we look for another? This is the same man just told you that you'll see the Holy Ghost come upon him like a bodily shape of a dove. I do baptize you in water to repent of another cometh after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He, he knew who he was. But when the Holy Ghost left him, here we are in verse number 11. Go ask Jesus, verse number 3. Put it on the screen, verse 3. Back up to verse 3. Matthew 11 and 3. Now, when John had heard the, 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 in the prison, see, he's in the prison now. His ministry is over. He has a decrease. Christ has to increase. Christ sent two of his disciples. He said to him, are you the one that should come? Go ask your master. He the one that should come. Do we look for another? Jesus answered and said, you go, to, you go and show John. Again. These things which you do hear and see. Let him know the blind receive their sight. Let him know the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. The Holy Ghost had left John and went to Jesus. John's ministry was over. Elijah's ministry was over. Elijah shut up heaven. Jesus came to open the heavens. And that's what the law did. The law shut up faith. And when Jesus came, God came and revealed the faith. He opened up the scriptures. He opened up everything that the law had shut. And that's why he had, but he had the Holy Ghost. So let's look at this closely, shall we? Now he comes. You cut your volume now, nobody here but you. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, just give you a little secret, a little help. Turn the volume now, nobody here but me. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, let's look at these two together. I gave you Matthew chapter 11, and I want to show you something. He said, this is John the Baptist. This is Elijah, which was a foot to come. Now, he's talking about back there. He was, he was the one that you've been waiting for in Malachi. Everybody follow me so far. But let's keep going. Let's show you some more. Let's go to uh, the gospel of Matthew 16 while we're there. And let's look at 27, 28. Matthew 16, 27, and 28. So you have to understand, everything that happened in Jesus' ministry was being fulfilled, but it was still a mystery. They didn't know what was going on. People today, praise God, still don't know. Matthew chapter 16, and we want to look at verse 27 28. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his, whole, with his angels, and then shall he reward every man according to his works. What can't be you, you're not saved by works. 
Verily I say to you that there shall be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. There are some people standing here going to be alive when, when I come in my kingdom. I know John was one of them because he asked John at the end of the gospel of John, what shall this man do, Peter asked. He said, if I will till he come, stay here till I come, what is, what is that to you? You just follow me. Oh, my God. What, that day when you finally believe the word is going to open up. Let's go to Matthew 17, 1 through 4. Matthew 17, 1 through 4. People do not understand that the scripture do not open up to you until you believe them. Matthew 17, verse 1. After six days, Jesus taking Peter and James and John, his brother, and bringing them into the high mountain apart and was transfigured before them. His face is shining as the sun. His raiment was white as the light. And behold, they appeared to him, watch it now, Moses and Elijah. Wait a minute. John just died. <laughs> John just died a few days ago. We had his funeral. And God is, is letting them know. See, you're looking at Elijah that was back there. God is showing you Moses and Elijah. John the Baptist is Elijah now. And here they are on the Mount of Transfiguration. Because he did not want anybody who ever figured this out to misunderstand. That I'm not a person who would mess over my prophets. John the Baptist came here before me. I want you to know he's still here. He gave his head. His head was cut off with a sword. Then the disciples stood there. And they watched. And there were Moses and Elijah. And Jesus showed him Moses and Elijah. These people are still seeing Elijah. They don't want to see John the Baptist. He said, this is Elijah, which was supposed to come. All right, here we go. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 3 says, And behold, there, there appeared unto him Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Then answered Peter and said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here two tabernacles, one for thee, one for Elias. Let's make one for the law and let's make one to baptize. Let's, let's just keep them right here, Lord. Let's keep the communion table right here, Lord. We're going to keep Elias. We're going to keep Moses with us. Moses can still do that communion bread, old Moses. And then we want to keep Elias because we got to keep on baptizing. We want John the Baptist to stay with us. Jesus says, oh, oh, oh. All that's over, boys. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Behold, a voice from the cloud which says, listen. The father getting ready to say something. Are you telling me after you saw Christ, you still want that bread on the table? When he said, I am the living bread. You still want the bread on the table. You just want to be like Moses. You want to eat the bread in the wilderness which can't give you no life. You still want to get water baptized with John the Baptist? You're not in the old covenant. They did that so they can be baptized unto repentance. 
so they can receive the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. That days are over. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. You don't have to eat the bread off the table to please me no more. You don't have to be water baptized to please me no more. You need to have the son in you. That's the only way the father going to be pleased with you. I'm not done with you. We just barely starting. Let's go to the Gospel of St. Mark. Chapter 9 and verse 11 through 13. Well, why did John come? Glad you asked. Man, I'm good. y'all got some good questions. Mark chapter 9. Boy, when you can see this thing, then you know, you know people wrong. I keep saying it to you, but I just got to show you. So you can believe your pastor know what he's talking about. Mark chapter 9 and verse 11. And they asked him, saying, well, why the scribes say Elias must first come? Jesus said and told them, well, Elijah verily cometh first to restore all things. That's why when Elijah came, when John the Baptist came, the Lord and the prophet was over. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Don't turn your page right there. I'm going to give it to you again. Out of the NL, no, the good news. I'm coming right back to this verse. So if you've got your verse turned, you can look on screen for one verse. Titus 2, 11, out of the good news. Watch what it says. For God has revealed his grace for salvation for all people. Say God's grace. Is God's salvation for all people. But you got to know what his grace is. He has revealed. He has revealed his grace. Well, what did he reveal? Let's show you two verses. Galatia 1, 16. So if God revealed his grace, he got to reveal his grace in you. So if you got salvation in you, you're supposed to have Christ in you that made Christ God's salvation. Galatians 1.16. I got to do 15. I can't do it without it. I'm sorry. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, Israel, and called me by the grace, why did he do it? To reveal. Next verse. To reveal his son where? Well, I thought he could reveal his grace in me. I'm just, I'm just trying to convince you that his son and his grace is the same person. But you got to see, not on his son is the grace, the grace is also double. See, grace is double potion. It's up on and it's within. If I could just get you to just believe. Just get you to believe. Watch this. To reveal his son in me so I can preach him among the heathen. So God has to reveal his son in you that you may preach him among the heathen. Now let's go back to where you were. So he had to reveal his son where? In me. Now you know that's Colossians chapter 1, 26 and 27. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in you makes you a son. God's grace on you qualifies you for service. 
See, this is one of the greatest things that I've learned in churches where people, you know, they, you know, I like to get caught up in some stuff before. So I don't want to say something because I'm not here to put down people. But you cannot just be given something to say you're a preacher because you attended 10 Bible classes. If you don't have the grace, I can, I can do everything I can do to make you a pastor. But if you don't have the grace, you are not qualified before God. God's grace qualifies you for service. The Holy Spirit qualifies you for sonship. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ in you, I don't care what I do, you are not a son. Romans 8 and 9 say, he that has the Spirit of Christ is not a man. You don't have the Spirit of Christ, you're not a man. Romans 8 and verse 9. So you got to have the Holy Spirit in you to be a son, a daughter of God. You're not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God lives in you. If any man has not the spirit of Christ, he's none of mine. Spirit of Christ is always in you. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 5. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. No, you're not your own selves. That Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate or none of his. If you don't have the spirit of Christ in you, you are not his. So God said, examine yourself. And yet people just like, well, no, I've been in church. For, I grew up in the church. That don't mean Christ in you. The devil grew up in church. <laughs> the Bible said the devil feared and trembling, but he still ain't saved. The Bible said the devil believed. Huh? See, people don't realize in the Old Testament when Adam got kicked out of the garden, the devil was still in the garden. That creature was still in the garden, but he ain't saved. So when the Lord came, he cast him out. Let's move on. Now, let's move on. In the book of Malachi, I got one more I got to show you. Luke chapter 1, verse 13 through 17. And then I'm going to go to work. See, I said it for people who are ready to go. Well, I mean, he just gave me the start. No, 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 I just said. Luke chapter 1. And verse 16, 17. Luke chapter 1, 16, 17. Luke 1, chapter, Luke chapter 1, verse 16. And many of the children of Israel shall return to the Lord. They're talking about John the Baptist. Watch what it said. But we know the same thing they said about in Malachi 4, uh, 5 and 6. That's what Elijah's supposed to do. And then in verse 17, it says, He shall go up before him, I'm sorry, he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Can't you see that? John the Baptist went before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. See, what happened is we watch TV and we see a little John out here with a long hair all over his head like a monkey. And we think, listen. They did, they did what they could, you know, but that's not John. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. He shall turn the hearts of the father to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. 
Watch what John says. I like this in chapter 3. I hope, I hope, hope it'll see it in chapter 3. Uh, yeah, there you go. In verse 7 and 8. Matthew chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. Matthew 3, 7 and 8. He says, then said the multitude that came forth to, to be baptized with John. Oh, watch what John called them. Oh, generation of vipers, snakes. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? John knew God's wrath was coming because he's the one of Malachi, except I will smite the earth with a curse. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. If they didn't repent. Well, they didn't. Jerusalem and Judea repented. And watch what Jesus did. He came and he poured out his spirit on them in Acts chapter 2. But they were supposed to get the spirit of truth from the apostle Paul. Now this is, what, this is why so many people miss it. You could not be a son. This is why Paul preached Christ crucified. You could not be a son unless you believe Paul's ministry. Because Paul's ministry made you a son. Paul's ministry guarantees you the spirit of truth. So in Titus chapter 2, it was said that salvation had come. But Christ was the one that had come. Let me show you what salvation came means. Okay, I got three minutes. All right, let's look at it right quick. What does it mean when it said it's salvation? John chapter 16, verse 3, we're done. John chapter 16 and verse 13, and I'm done. How be it? Watch what Jesus told him. When the spirit of truth has come, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself. Whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. He shall take up eyes and show it to you. Have you received the spirit of truth? Have you received, have you received the spirit of grace? The grace of God needs to be on your life, but the spirit of truth needs to be in you. You get it by believing. First Corinthians 15, Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him again from the dead. When you believe that, God give you the spirit of truth in you to live, because now you know the truth, and now the truth will make you free. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.